Hello and welcome. Uh, this will be kind of a weird Irrational Passions uh, present. Um, it's me, Brian Nobishin Jackson, joined by uh, the person everyone knows, <laughs> Alex O'Neill. <laughs> this this fucking guy, Alex. It's me. Hello, I'm here. Yeah, um, and like uh, like recently, um, like just to give you like context for like why I even like came to like, the decision because like we're gonna talk through our gaming history. Um, on this episode of um, IP Percent, um, you know, like um, Kingdom Hearts just had its like a uh, 17th anniversary, um, like y- yesterday mm. or the day before yesterday, and like um, yeah, me realizing that was like half my life and how inf- how important that was for my life and how influential it was for my life, um, just for that that just that series in general, and just like thinking where I was back in 20 what was it 20 2001. No, two thousand two. Two thousand two. Two thousand two. Yeah, where okay. I was in two thousand two as far as video games and where I am now as far as video games and like um uh it just made me think about stuff. And like um you know, like Alex is my outlet for all things of me all these fuckeries that go in my head. <laughs> so <laughs> so <laughs> Hell yeah. So I, Bring on the fuckery. So I, I came to him to ask him about this, but like um uh but like before we get into my stuff, I just want to go through like his stuff, his gaming history, his um his beginnings, um, where he, where, where video games took him out from the beginning into where he, where he matured into like the man he is today. So to the, to the weird, weird man he is today. Uh, I'm very curious about yours too. So, um, where do you want to start? Like the first game I remember playing? Uh, yeah, the site, where was, what was the first video game you even remember or even? I, so like I have, it's really hard for me to remember which bumps me out because like I, I remember the motions of it i don't know how memory is for you Navishin. um i have a pretty good memory uh most of the time sometimes really bad <laughs> but as anyone who listens to the podcast would know um but i remember like going through the motions of like the younger years the things that i did um but i don't remember like details or, or games that i played or things like that i remember Sitting next to my dad, watching him play the original Legend of Zelda on an NES, mm-hmm. right? And that's like a maybe one or two year old memory. Like that's very like, I, I I almost remember like colors and shapes more than I actually remember physical objects because that's what it feels like. Um, and, but the first thing I remember playing, or at least <clears throat> one of the most vivid memories. Um, cause I grew up with two brothers, two older brothers, one four years older, one six years older, Brady and Derek respectively. We're gonna be talking about them a lot. So I figured let's just lay it out here. Um, and they both played video games. My parents both played video games. Um, but not, not really as much as, as we ended up getting into. Um, and I remember playing on the, was it was the Super Game Boy, I think was the, the Game Boy adapter for the Super Nintendo. Yeah. I remember playing Pokemon Blue on that. It was my brother's copy, and I deleted his save. <laughs> as, as like, a four-year-old kid would. Like, starting a new um, game, and you just went over his file type of thing? Yeah, pretty okay. much. Uh, and he was not happy, and I was not allowed to play video games for, like, a year after that, <laughs> I remember. Um, but that's, like, the fir- one of the first things I ever remember is Derek had Pokemon Red. Brady had Pokemon Blue. Those were their favorite colors at the time. Worked out. Uh, and then we got the Super Game Boy, and Super Nintendo is what we were playing it on. Um, a lot of, like, my early game memories are weird, because, so, like, I was born in 93, 
and, and most of them I would say are through like 2001. Mm. Um, and we like I was playing like Super Nintendo in like 2002. Like for, to be clear, like I was per, as a kid, I was obsessed with the Super Nintendo. I think around 2000, I actually like as a birthday present, I had I begged my parents to buy one back off eBay because we had like sold it to get like a PlayStation Two and a GameCube sure, or whatever. Sure. Like we had traded in. Um, and I had them buy one back with a couple of games, like a little bundle on eBay. I remember I was so excited, uh, and it was like an original style Super Nintendo. And I, I think my mom might still have that one somewhere, but I still have some of the carts that I got with that. Cause I was like, even as a child, novice, I was even a nostalgic person back then. And I was like obsessed with old games mm-hmm. <laughs> at the time. Like my brothers were playing, uh, Final Fantasy seven and Ocarina of Time and I couldn't really read like for, until i was like 10 or 11 uh because i was uh, i don't know i i would i don't want to like give credit to like a learning disability or anything i, I was think i think i was just a shitty kid <laughs> um and i didn't like to read so i would skip through all those things so i wasn't playing a lot of like the modern games that were more about story i was playing like super i was playing super metroid over and over again finding all the secrets right. um so I would say, like, that's around where it started. I don't want to derail us too much if you have more focusing questions. No, like, uh, we're just pretty much just shooting the shit. Like, I don't have a game, really have a game plan about this, but it's just like... I, sure, I just talk. sure. Um, but you mentioned... A lot of games in that period. Yeah, so, like, you mentioned uh, Super Nintendo, like, um, and you mentioned your father playing um, uh, The Legend of Zelda. Like, um, did, did you have any affinity for the original NES games, or do you have any at all? So when I started playing games, I, I started on Super Nintendo and Genesis, right? Like, it was around, like, when I was five years old. So 1998, right? My brothers were probably playing on the current systems, and I was maybe playing on the older one. That, like, because I don't really know why I was typically playing that. But I would play games with my mom. Like, we played the Jurassic Park game on the SNES, mm-hmm. stuff like that. But I never... I ne- we had an NES, and then we didn't at some point. It was just gone. Or, like, I just, maybe I just didn't think to ask about it. I think it's actually more realistic. Maybe we had it the whole time I was a kid, but we I just didn't know about it. Because I'm stupid. Um, and I never played the NES growing up. Like, the first time I actually ever played an actual physical NES was in 2011 uh, when Scott uh, Guthier, our co-host... <laughs> Uh, Tony, Evan, and I all went to Shigateague for our senior week for, like, our right. end of senior year. And at Shigateague, like, Scott's family has a house there. Uh, Shigateague's an island, for point of reference. Uh, when we were there, at that house, there was, a, like, an NES in the closet with Final Fantasy 1. That was the first time I actually played an NES, in memory. Maybe as a, like, one, two, three-year-old, I played it with my brothers or something and didn't think about it or remember it. Um, but like growing up, I, I never played that system. I never had any affinity for it, really. Um, I like stuff like Shovel Knight, right? But um, I like the only NES game like I really like. I like the Zelda one and Zelda two uh-huh. somewhat, um, not as much as like more modern ones. And I like Mario three. Uh, that's like really it. I can't think of games I love on that system at all. Um, I know, like we talked like like a couple of years ago, with, uh, you, me, and Cameron talking about the the emulation scene. Like, did you ever try to like um try to play any NES games on the emulators or anything like that? Yeah, for sure. Maybe like um in like two thousand eight ish era or two thousand five, somewhere in that range. Uh, probably like 
blasted through a couple of them, played like a Mario game. The thing is, when I when I was like playing around with emulators, I liked original games that people would make. Okay. Um, you said this before. I, I just forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and and by say like I played probably like two of them. I played like a Super Metroid like style one, and then I played a Mario one that I actually played all the way through uh-huh. uh, and really liked. Because uh, it was like Mario escaping like a boo- a big boo house, and you fight Giga Bowser at the end. It was really cool. Um, so like it was that, and then just playing games that either I wanted to play as a kid or I remembered as a kid. So like Tomba on PlayStation, um, uh, Secret of Mana, Chrono Trigger, um, or the the only games like that I emulated that I hadn't really already played before were. Um, like the other mana games, because I got really into Secret of Mana when that emulation time in my life oh, so happened. You, you played uh, Mana three before? Um, I had I played a little bit of it in Japanese, okay, okay, okay. um, but I didn't understand how to like patch it into English or anything at that mm. point, and maybe that that didn't necessarily exist at that sure. point. Um, so so I didn't really play it a lot, but I did play the Game Boy Advance one and the Game Boy Color one. Uh, and a little bit of the first one, uh, Final Fantasy Adventure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was like the only series I like really got into emulation wise. I think okay. thinking about it. Um. So, I, do you have a strong attachment to the Super Nintendo? Like just in general? Like is that for sure? I, it's, yeah. I, it's probably not your favorite console ever, but like. No, but it's it's I probably number two. Like yeah. I, I typically say my the PS2 is my favorite console. Yeah. Um. And even still, like, the PS2 has, like, a lot of games on it that I love, but I don't know, maybe, like, today it would probably be, like, PS3 or PS4 or something like that, weirdly enough, just because the library of things that I really like, or things that have been ported to that, like, there's so many things you can play on a PS3 now, you can play Persona 3 Fez, you know, you can, like, by roundabout, you can do a lot of things on those more modern consoles. Sure, sure. Um... Would you say that the Super Nintendo is like the most family console that you've had? Like you and your family playing together? Was that console? No, it's in the GameCube or the N sixty four would probably be those. Okay, well let's just uh, go over to N sixty four then. Yeah, because like so N sixty four happened. I don't know, like I re- I distinctly remember, um, seeing the N sixty four. It came out in, what ninety six? Was that N sixty four or ninety seven? Mm, yes, yes, yes. Like ninety six, ninety seven. So set the scene a little bit. My parents owned a video store um when I was growing up. Uh they I think by the time I was like like nineteen ninety nine, they'd sold it to my dad's brother and they didn't own it anymore. But like they had gone to like CES for years through the eighties, like to be able to like stay up to date and have the technology to rent out and, and know what is gonna be hot in the next year and like they were very much like a part of like the tech the video rental technology scene, which was like the video game scene was burgeoning like underneath that. So they like got into video games by that via that. Uh, and they had a video rental store that eventually rented video games as well. So makes sense. So they were into games mostly, I think because of that. Um, and, and that trickled down to us, right? They wanted, because my dad was kind of like a tech nerdy guy. Um, and my mom liked games like, and they both like games and all of us like games because of that. They would always tend to try and get the consoles when they came out. Mm-hmm. So I think we probably this is very <laughs> Alex ending a long ass way to say. I think we had the N sixty four like right when it came out, and I remember like 
not give a shit about it. Like, I don't, I don't know what it was, but I was like, whatever, that's stupid. <laughs> Until uh, in 98 when Ocarina of Time came out. And I remember because sometime, I think in 97, like, one of my distinct memories uh, in, like, a public place as a child <laughs> was my brother Brady was, like, holding my hand and we were going to, I think it was the Babbage's in our mall. And we and he was trading in a bunch of games to buy The Legend of Zelda: a Link to the Past. Uh-huh. Um, I think he pre-owned, but it was still like fifty dollars uh, because there's no god. Um, and he brought that back, and I sat and I watched him play like almost all the way through The Legend of Zelda: a Link to the Past, uh-huh. like that day. Like it was like a Saturday or something, and we went and did that. And like that is like a totally defining memory of mine uh so when i saw ocarina of time for the first time i my fucking brain exploded (laughs) like that's the only time as a kid like my brother derek was playing and he rolled in the hyrule field and he was rolling and going through hyrule field and i was like what is happening (laughs) Uh, and like i had seen mario 64 and just didn't give a shit right and i think that's just like telling of my kind of affinity toward mario versus zelda like i was definitely way more into zelda uh, but yeah, the the awkward time moment and like, <laughs> like what is? And then like I was watching. Uh, my brothers were terrible to each other uh, for no good reason. So I was I would watch Brady play and he would stay up late and you can see how I became the way I am mm-hmm. and play video games. I would watch him, so I knew a lot of the story beats and Brady did before Derek, <laughs> and so we saw Sheik turn into Zelda again, young child absolutely destroyed my brain uh i honestly like i remember not being able to comprehend that Mm -hmm. and that's all like going in the future seeing all the adult link stuff like i was that was like video games (laughs) or magic and i couldn't believe it that was like 3d games finally made it i think um but we saw that before that and then my brother would then go on to spoil uh that sheik is zelda is sheik for Derek and he would get pissed and then this would happen again later when Aerith dies and Brady would tell Derek that Aerith dies and he would stop playing that game he quit <laughs> like I don't know why they did this to each other but uh, that was also a big part of <laughs> my video game childhood um, so yeah like we had that was my N64 I think like coming into it and then <clears throat> my mom had friends or my dad had friends and they had kids or whatever and we would all play Smash Brothers Okay, which is great okay. Um, staying up late to figure out how to get like Ness and stuff in Smash Brothers, or, or like we worked together to unlock so many characters in uh, Melee later on. But like we were the four characters that you lock in Smash Brothers were it was like such a big deal for the three of us. Um, and we worked together to try and figure them out. It was really cool uh, thinking back on it. Huh. Um, and and so like that was like the only game that we'd really all play together because I mean. In Mario Party, I guess, but I think we would all like play Mario Party once and then get too pissy at each other. <laughs> not never play again after that. No Mario Kart. Um, I don't remember. Really, I may. I remember playing maybe one round of Mario Kart sixty four. Mm. I just didn't like it. But I don't like Mario Kart sixty four. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I didn't like Super Mario Kart. Like they, those games didn't click with me. It would, like Double Dash, I definitely remember playing with my brothers. Oh. Um, Double Dash is a great game. Uh, just gonna throw it out there. <laughs> um. But yeah, and then I, PlayStation happened around the same time. I, I think we got the PlayStation later, uh, and that's when we got Final Fantasy VII. And that was like, 
a tonal change. Like that was like such a more mature game for Brady and Derek to be played. And it was straight up like I tried to play it. I'm like, I I don't know what the fuck I'm doing here. Like there's so much talking and it seems important and I'm not reading any of it. Right. So so I enlisted my mother. Uh, I, I drafted her. <laughs> uh, but no, I was like, I you know, I want to play this. I want to play it because Birdie and Derek are playing it. It's 1998. I'm six or whatever. Like, I'm not going to understand what's happening. Uh, so I need you to, to tell me what's happening. So my mom became like this filter that she would she would have the controller. And uh, she would sometimes hand it to me when we were fighting monsters. Um, and I would grind for, for hours and hours, uh, to get us. So we were strong enough. Um, and that was just me like hitting a and hitting attack over and over again. So I could totally do that. Right. Um, and she would tell me kind of like filter the story to me. Cause Barrett curses a lot in that game is I'm sure, you know, not option. So she's like taking that and censoring it and telling me like a okay kid version of this. So the version of final fantasy seven that I played was dope as heck, man. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, so like I don't really remember it because I was very young at the time. So I don't like I didn't remember really the story. Uh, and I think the filter didn't always like get some of the twists and turns across. Um, but that was like obviously a really big deal. And then we beat it. I remember us jumping up and down like the two of us in the living room watching the, the last cutscene. Like it was it was such a big deal uh, that we had played this 35 hour game together over months and months and months. Oh, uh, weird question. Like this is probably a dumb question too, but like did your mom understand it like a lot i don't mean like she like i'm just saying like it's like a, it was like the first like um you know like really japanese game to come over here so i didn't know if it seemed like a little too weird for her or something i was curious you know that's that's a good question i i would have to ask her i've never asked her that mm-hmm. uh because like i know she has an affinity for final fantasy 7 i believe she might have she may at some point in her life have watched Advent Children. I don't know. Mm. Uh, that she would she would get some kind of like certification for that. I think if she has, um, of like coolest mom certification card, like whatever. Um, but yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. I like. I know she's excited about the remake. She's excited to see it. I don't think she really wants to play it. But um, yeah, it could be. Could be. We we sit down, make a stream out of that. Turn this into hashtag contest. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I I will ask her that, and I'll I'll follow up with you. Obviously, that's a good question. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's like that that era. I would this say PlayStation is more just Final Fantasy Seven, nothing really else. I I the PlayStation is another one that I would play a lot of those games when the PS2 came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and. and Again, weirdly, my late to the party nature has just like always been part of me. Uh, so like, PS2 comes out, and PS2 games are sixty dollars, and I can't get any. But we have a PS2. Brady and Derek aren't playing it as much, or whatever they're doing activities, they're growing up, turning into teenagers, or whatever. Um, so I start playing the only games we have to play on the PS2, which are PS1 games. Play Spire of the Dragon. Okay. Uh, play this, play that, play a little Crash Bandicoot and hate it as a child. Just hate it. Um, so, yeah, I, I played a lot of... <clears throat> the only PS1 game that I was into that I rented from the video store um, that my brothers weren't really into necessarily was Ape Escape. Shout out. Love Ape Escape. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, PlayStation games, I, I think we all predominantly played alone, uh, which is funnily in- indicative of where PlayStation <laughs> is at right now. 
Um, and like, I can't remember a lot of it. Like my, my brothers played a lot of PlayStation games, like Xeno, Xeno Gears, Derek was really into or whatever it was called. Um, Brady liked, uh, some other, he played the Lunar games on PlayStation. He loved those games. Uh, and I watched a little bit of that, but again, that was like, Brady would have to read it to all to me and he got really fed up with that and stopped. (laughs) Uh, so yeah, I played more platformers on PlayStation. Like Alundra was like, I remember after me and my mom beat Final Fantasy VII, we went to the store. We're like, all right, we're gonna find another game to play together. Uh, it's gonna be something great. Um, and we got, we basically asked the GameStop person, like, hey, like, is what's a good game, like an adventure game that we can play together? And he pitched us Alundra, which shout out to this unsung hero at GameStop or EB Games or whatever years and years ago. He got us the Alundra, which was like a two disc game, uh, and uh, like the big strategy, like book strategy guide for us. Uh, and that game was totally like a great game for us. And we started playing it, and it's really hard. Uh, I think that's the reason we stopped was just we got stuck so much. It was very difficult. But again, I talk about that game a lot. Of like later on, I would go back and play it by myself, and it's one of my favorite games of all time. Uh-huh. Uh, so. That would, but I think like when we bounce off of Alundra, that's when me and my mom stopped playing games together, which is kind of a bummer. Um, so was that game? Uh, yeah. And then I remember we play Alundra Two came out, and that's like a totally different game, and it's like a kind of super shitty game. And I tried to play that a lot by myself and got very frustrated as sure. well. I think it was just like, again, mostly difficulty. Like Alundra is not an easy game, and it's also like an action platformer to some like it's a Zelda esque game with a lot of jumping and difficult jumping at that. So I get why we we probably walked away from it. Um, any portable systems around the time? Did you have like a Game Boy or anything? Mm, yeah, we all my so Derek got the Game Boy, and then Brady got the Game Boy Pocket, right? And this is kind of before my time. I was like a one year old. I hear stories of the Game Boy Pocket. I never saw it. All right, yeah. um, and uh, I wouldn't get my own until I got a uh, Game Boy Color in two thousand one. Uh, when my uh, so when I was like eight. So yeah, it must have been 2001. When I was eight, my, my nose got torn off by a dog, right. by one of our dogs. Um, and I had to go, I had to get, go into a hyperbaric chamber um, to uh, like have the pressure heal my wound on my nose because it was reattached. Uh, anyone that's seen me knows I still have a nose. Um, and I couldn't take that, so I had to go to surgery, got tubes in my ears, whole thing. I couldn't take the pressure, mm-hmm. uh, funnily enough. Um, and I spent a lot of time in the hospital. Like, I had to go every day for two weeks, I think. So my parents got me a Game Boy Color as, like, a get well present with uh, Link's Awakening, uh, which was my first, like, I own this Zelda game, Link's Awakening DX. Uh-huh. Um, and that's, like, you know, it's coming out this Friday uh, from when we're recording this. I don't know if I never... Like... I knew you liked the game. I didn't know it was, like, that... I don't know if it was, like, a, a special thing to you, let's just say that. It, it is it is a really special thing to me. Like I think the thing is when I when I played it as a kid, I didn't know what the fuck sure, to do. Sure, sure. Because again, same era of like I don't read, but that was the one I was like, I'm gonna figure this out. And I got through like the sixth dungeon, which is like not reading in that game at all. Virtually very difficult. <laughs> uh, and I never finished it until like four years later when I would like go back and and play it. Uh, like maybe my freshman year of high school. Uh, and then I was like, oh, I love this. This is great. 
But if I if I had fully clicked and I was comprehending what was happening as a kid, I think it would be higher on my overall list. But it is really special mm-hmm. to me. Um, but yeah, that was, I got my Game Boy Color. Then we all got Game Boy Advance at some point. Uh, we all got Game Boy Advance SPs. And then Brady and I would get DSs and DS Lights. Uh, and then the rest is like... We pretty much got those when, when they came out after Game Boy Advance SP. So... Um, so we were, I was definitely, that was always a factor. I just don't think about it as much, I think. Sure. Um, Pokemon? You know how I feel about portable gaming. Uh. Yeah, again, I, I wasn't as in, into handheld games, but yeah, I got Pokemon Yellow. Okay. Shout out, being the third brother. That's what I'm saying. You get that third game. I got Pokemon Crystal. Um, I got Pokemon Ruby and Emerald, because at that point it was just me and Brady playing. Uh, and then... You know, like, I, I, I would continue to play Pokemon more in the future, but, like, Crystal was the last one that I was, like, into. Mm. Um, until, like, I, would, I again, kind of loop back around later and, and start playing those games. Okay. As a comprehending adult. For sure. Um, but, yeah, I think, like, the big, the console shift era into PS2 GameCube. Like, GameCube was the thing. Like, I remember that Christmas morning where we got the GameCube. Uh, and my brothers are terrible. Hopefully, my parents will never listen to this. But they, we found the GameCube in my parents' closet before Christmas, so we knew mm. we were getting we, we were getting some strats ready. Um, we didn't like take it out and play it. All right, we're not that bad at kids, but we did look. <laughs> we looked for Christmas presents every year. It was a, we were on the hunt. My parents got very good at hiding them. <laughs> um, but uh, my <laughs> three of us, we were restless. <laughs> we we found them almost every year. And uh, that Christmas morning, like, playing Smash Brothers Melee was, like, time in the life, uh, unlocking all the characters, playing as Bowser, like, a thing that we'd all wanted to do for so long. So we just did a big all-Bowser fight. <laughs> um, so that's all we talked about when we played Smash 64. It's like, I, I wish we could play as Bowser. <laughs> um, and he's great, to be fair. And, uh, yeah, so I... That was... GameCube was like most of the games that we played together. Like, um, Brady got Luigi's Mansion that that Christmas, um, and I watched him play through almost all of that. That was so fun. Um, so that's like a game again I experienced as a kid. Never played it until later, but I watched Brady play it all the way through. Um, love that game. Uh, and uh, I would get like Mario Sunshine, right? Like the Mario games. I think kind of my brothers would just let me play be- and then they would have me help them figure out platforming things because at that point it was like the turn was happening where they were like, how did you figure out this puzzle? And like, I don't know. I just, it just kind of made sense. It was like, for some other reason I could see the code or whatever. And my brothers would ask me to come do a specific part or something, or I would have them come do a specific part for me. Like, um, I remember I had to get Brady's help like twice uh, when playing Star Fox Adventures, because there's a part where you have to mash a button really quickly. And as a kid, I didn't know like the pen trick or whatever, right. um, and I could never do it. So my brothers would always have to help me. Then we got always got so pissed. What, what's what's the uh, pen trick? Real fast, I, I don't know what that is. Uh, it's like if if you take uh, like a, a cap of a pen and run it along the side of a button over and over and over again, um, basically back and forth. Because if you move your hand like that, it's typically easier for people who can't press a button really fast. Yeah. So you're just sliding it back and forth over and over and over okay, again. Works a hundred percent of the time. If you're having trouble, any kids out there playing video games having trouble uh, mashing buttons, that is 
absolutely the the trick. So I would always have a pen next to me when I played Star Fox Adventures for that one time it happens in that game. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think like GameCube toward the end of the GameCube PS2 era is when we started branching off and like separating out in in our gaming interests. Like, but PS2 was big because Brady was into PS2 a lot. I played a lot of GameCube. Brady played a lot of JRPGs, and I would watch him. I watched him play Kingdom Hearts 1 all the way through. I didn't play it myself. I watched him start Kingdom Hearts 2, and I was like, this game looks fucking bonkers. And then I, like, took it and played Kingdom Hearts 2. It blew my mind. I had no idea what the fuck was happening at all because I didn't play 1. Uh. <laughs> um, uh, and I tried to play Chain of, like, uh, Chain of Memories on GBA, and I, I, too much reading. Um, I was better about it at that point. I would do a little bit, but I, you got to meet me halfway. Um, and uh, I would play like more platformers. Like I would play Okami, Beautiful Joe, stuff like that on GameCube. While Brady would play kind of uh, Kingdom Hearts, Final Fantasy X, Final Fantasy X to twelve on uh, PS2. We kind of split at that point, and then the rest I think is is covered in podcast history. And you said PS2 is probably your favorite console of all time. Like, um, is was it just because of the yeah. catalog? Um, the catalog or yeah, it was that, I think. Or even just the timing um, or the backwards compatibility or anything. Backwards compatibility was definitely a part of it. Timing was a part of it. Um, I think, like, as much as I love the GameCube, there are just more games that have stuck with me from PS2 uh-huh. um, that I think about. Like, Persona, like, even late to the game. Like, I played that in 2009, but Persona 3 was a game I played on PS2, right? Like, I, I didn't play it on PS3 or anything, I don't think. Uh-huh. Um and I might play it on PS3. I'm not sure, but the last time you played it, on PS3. yeah, uh, for sure. Um, but um, yeah, I I think it's just like synonymous with that era um of like growing up a little bit and and, and like getting more into video games and starting using GameFly, um, renting more games, like trying to try new games, um. And and obviously like Kingdom Hearts also, but like you asked that, and it's it is hard for me. I don't know. It, it, depending on the day, I'd probably say it was in the PS2 as uh-huh. well. Um, like Super Nintendo is easy, but like it's it's the same thing as PS2. Where I'm sitting here, like, what are a bunch of Super Nintendo games that you can only play like on Super Nintendo? It's like ah, eh, not that many. Especially like all of them have been ported out to Switch and whatnot today. So mm-hmm, for sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, PS3 was definitely like the end, and like 2007 uh, is when we got a PS3. I I will say like the Wii was the first uh, console that I bought. The Wii itself like, with my the Wii itself oh. with my own money. Like I traded in the GameCube, uh, and I saved up money from doing like chores and stuff. Uh, and shout out to my mom again, the goat. When I was in uh middle school. And the day pre-orders went live for the Wii, like, I knew it was coming ahead of time. I'm like, Mom, you have to go to the mall and pre-order this from GameStop, please. I, if we do not pre-order it, we will not get it. And she waited in line at 9.50 in the morning outside GameStop when they were going to open at 10 a.m. And was 19th in line. I remember she got ticket 19. Uh, it was like the third to last Wii that I think they had for launch. <laughs> um, and uh, she she reserved a copy of Twilight Princess, a Wii, and an extra Wii remote nunchuck. Uh, and she will forever be the greatest mom of all time for that, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but yeah, that was me, my friend Toby, 
uh, and my mom, we went to the mall at 10 a.m. First thing in the morning. They Actually, we went there at 9.30, and they opened up early for us since we had it pre-ordered and everything. They're like, yeah, because they had sold all through pre-orders, so no one was like waiting in line or anything. Right. Um, so we just went in, picked it up, um, grabbed all the stuff, and, and kind of like paid the, the remaining difference. I think it was like 30 extra bucks and, and bounced uh, and went home, and I played uh, Wii Sports with my friend Toby all morning and uh, played Twilight Princess all evening. It was... Uh, that was cool. That's that's a special, a special thing for me because it was the first one that I bought. You know, it's a thirteen year old kid or whatever. Was the virtual console important for you at the time? Considering that, I think I, I like wasn't as aware of it, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I was just starting to, to like watch G four and stuff at that time. Um. So, yeah, I I think so. I like I definitely used it, but again, it was <laughs> it was kind of to play those those safe games that I had played before. Mm. I didn't. I didn't really branch out. I didn't play other games. I got you. Um, still somewhat true to this day. <laughs> it's a sickness. Um, but yeah, I I had some virtual console games. They're on my Wii U still. I've transferred them all forward. Right. I still have my launch Wii. I think I might have had to get a replacement, but I might still have it. So you mentioned that the the GameCube and the, um, the PlayStation were your um, uh, or sorry, N sixty four. Sorry, where your um. <clears throat> family console like um, the Wii didn't really do that for your family and your household no at that point like it was two years before my parents got divorced mm-hmm. um, that's after Derek had left the college um, and around the time Brady would leave to move to live in Florida for a couple years so once 2008 rolled around and I moved out of the house I grew up in um, and it was like just me and my mom for a little while sure. I was just playing games by myself at that point. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that, that's, yeah, it, it was, it was too, too tumultuous a time for the Wii to, to strike while the iron sight, you know what I mean? So, um, we, we never, we turned into a system I ended up playing alone, which is maybe why it's pretty disappointing, all things considered. Huh. Uh, was this around the time where you, um, played Persona 3? Uh, just before it. Uh, that's 2009, so that's, my junior year of high school, uh, when I got really sick, uh, and my chronic fatigue syndrome, like when I had that diagnosed, like that's when I was home, I was sleeping for like 14 hours a day and I had like an hour and a half to two hours of tutoring three days a week. And that's all I was doing. So like, I just had nothing but time. <laughs> I was, I wasn't depressed all things considered, but I was bored. Um, so I was just wandering the house looking for something to do or anything to play Mm -hmm. and i found i remember derek got brady persona 3 for christmas the year before um as a game he thought he might like even though it was a ps2 game he's like hey i heard about this and it's cool and i had heard about it on some g4 thing just because of the whole evoker brain blowy outy thing Mm -hmm. uh so i had heard about it um and I went, I just, I saw that he wasn't playing it. He didn't care about it. So I went and checked it out and the rest is history, man. Mm. I did like nothing could have prepared me. Cause imagine like you were a kid in high school, junior, and also you're sick and you can't do all the things that you would do in high school. And like, you just stumble upon this game that lets you literally just do that uh, and also fight monsters and be the hero and stuff. Like, I couldn't have written a better timeline for that. Mm-hmm. Like, in my wildest dreams, you know what I mean? 
uh, it it's it struck right at the right time. And I remember right after I finished it, I ordered Persona Four on PS2 off Amazon like the next day. Um, I wouldn't finish that, but I, you know that's another forty hours I would get into that before I would like burn out eventually <laughs> from all this JRPG. Sure. Um, I guess that's that's down. Like, um, where did your affinity for JRPGs come from? It was definitely Brady. It was a hundred percent Brady O'Neill, my brother. Um, yeah, I like, I think obviously Final Fantasy VII is a big part of that, but like that game's weird for me, obviously, like I have a weird history. I don't think of that as a JRPG in a lot of ways, Uh at least, or I didn't when I was a kid. I do now. Uh, but even still like it's, that's a weird, like, like adjective for that game for me because it is so un Japanese and un JRPG. Um, so I would say like watching how into Lunar Brady got um was was great um and that was like the first game where I'm like I like how these characters look I like how they they talk I like how they act like I like this kind of jolliness to it <laughs> you know like on and off like I was watching Toonami at that point like I liked anime I didn't the two it wouldn't make sense to me that the two are essentially one and the same <laughs> until many years later again stupid kid <laughs> I was at that point I had a good heart at the very least you know I was trying um, but you know, catching f- episodes of Fruits Basket, and I'm like, this is cute. Um, I want games like this. Um, I, so there was a, I played, I was looking for similar to like the Alundra story, GameStop, GameCube era, went in, I'm like, sell me on a game, GameStop man. I need a cool game. I want an adventure game. I want an action game. He gives me Tales of Symphonia. Again, another angel walked into my life. <laughs> now I'm thinking about it. Like, honestly, Domishin, like, this is super weird. <laughs> like, these totally, like, faceless GameStop employees that walk into my life and change it forever. Um, but yeah, hands me Tales of Symphonia. He's like, check this shit out. Opens the case. It's got two discs. And I, my mind is blown. Like, two GameCube discs? They're so little. What are you going to put on them? Um, and I play Tales of Symphonia front to back and that's fully voice acted so that was finally I felt like I was more into oh, that. Yeah. And that was that was actually one where I played with a couple of my friends at the time um, because you could do that up to four players co-op. So Brady played with us on and off at some point. I was actually like really mean to him. I was like he wanted to play with us through the final boss. I'm like nah I need the AI to play the healer so I can't have you do, <laughs> you do it because you can't use all the spell. You can't map them to all the all the buttons like you don't have enough buttons. So I'm just gonna have you just not. Um, <laughs> I've seen, I've seen Brady, she's like, don't have enough button mans. Sorry, you, you just don't have enough buttons. <laughs> he, will, he will absolutely not know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but if I if I explain it to him, he would. I'm sure he remembers that. Um, but yeah, I uh, I we played through that together, and that was really cool. It was cool to be able to play that game together, and that that was like. I was still playing that alone home because that's a 70 plus hour game or whatever. But when we would get together, we would just hunker down, order some pizza and play that game for like six hours straight. It was awesome. Mm. Um, so that I think was when I got into JRPGs. I was like, I like this really long, like crazy. Like so much happened in that story, that game. Like I really felt like I got my money's worth. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh that would I would revisit that in like the two thousand eight era um by ordering Tales of Vesperia on Gamefly. And I think that was the first time like I'd sought one of the I was like, this I know this series. 
I this seems like different. Maybe it's a sequel. Maybe it's just a whole new game. And then I played that and like straight up. I think that was Vesperia is like the point where I'm like, I love this kind of game. Uh-huh. Like this is absolutely for me because um, I had sought it out and it had paid off so much on on what I wanted. So you had a 360 before a PS3. Uh, a PS3 in 2007. I bought a 360 with my my own hard earned money uh, in 2008 for Gears of War Two. Okay. Which I had to I had to get my brother to buy because I wasn't eighteen yet, or seventeen. I was still sixteen. Mm. <laughs> so, but yeah, I I also part of me buying a three sixty was after seeing the, how they updated the UI. Uh, I was fucking sick and tired of Blades. Ah, uh, the NXT. <laughs> Tell you what, <laughs> yeah. Mm, I think that's it. I really do. Uh, first uh PlayStation game that we got uh Ratchet and Clank. Uh, tools of destruction, whatever. Ratchet Clank Future Tools of Destruction, is that it? Yes. Uh, and Uncharted One played through Uncharted One with my mom. Brought it back. Um, that was fun. Uh, we didn't finish it together, but we played through the first half of it together. Played through Uncharted Two eventually with her, and and three for the most part. And then she played Uncharted Four by herself. So shout out to her. Mm. Um, and so. Yeah, I think that, like, pretty much crescendos, right? And so, like, once me and my mom were alone, like, living alone for that year that we were, um, we definitely, like, played Uncharted and stuff, like, a couple of things together. We we would spend some time together again, so. Would you consider Uncharted a special series team? Yeah, for that, uh, especially. And you can, you can read my Uncharted feelings uh, feature. It's on the best of Irrational Passions. I feel like that, like, conveys all of those mm-hmm. feelings. In a in a good modern because way. like you said like um Alundra was the last game you guys played together but like you still have Uncharted as well as, as like in that do it like pre divorce sure, you know sure, era sure, sure. Uh, is, is what I meant mostly yeah, like when you could do it any time you wanted to instead of like you know making special time for it type thing yeah exactly right. um and and I guess like Uncharted had a little bit of that of like anytime we want because you know I was in high school at that point and we were just chilling um but. Definitely, like, when by the time 3 had come out, that's when she was living in Florida, and I was, like, going to visit her, and we played 3 and The Last of Us together and stuff, so. Mm-hmm. Didn't finish The Last of Us either. That still bums. I think she might have finished it on her own, but I don't know. Was it this era that, like, um, well, it, it, it literally has to be, like, you know, like, because, like, PS3, the PS3 era felt, or PS3 360 era, I should say, Wii era, <laughs> that, like, um, this is, like, where the shit the games were, like, games could be... A little bit more. I mean, obviously, they had like stuff like Metal Gear and stuff like that, but like you know, like whereas like this, there was a shift as far as like the way games are presented, the way accessibility was more of a thing, the more um, you know, like gender equality was coming more of a thing. Um, obviously, it wasn't the best. It like it was literally kind of just starting around that time, but like um, you know, like remember like um, Ellie being in front of Joel and on the cover of The Last of Us was a, was an issue having like yeah. Booker be the cover because like frat boys will want that more than like having elizabeth on the cover it was an issue um the stuff like that it's just like like did you feel like you, yourself as a person change around that time as well it's weird that you bring this up too because like the hd shift even be before that like i feel like was was so massive mm-hmm. but like i don't remember i feel like i was just all in i, I was like all in at like the ps2 maybe i was like all in at ocarina of time like at that moment um, mm. I, I I wouldn't like vest myself in games until I would say like 2008, 
right, is when I like I was like watching coverage, reading articles, reading reviews. When that started, I would say, and that's around Super Smash Brothers, and there's a whole whatnot with Did that. Did you say Metroid Prime was like your catalyst for? Oh, I it it there a lot of points again. I like you know, Ocarina of Time sticks out. Metroid Prime sticks out. Um, and that was like you know a Christmas gift that I got, and like I just lost myself in that game. Oh mm-hmm. God. Uh, and that's like one of few GameCube. Well, I guess I play a lot of GameCube games alone, but like. W- very memorable for me on game prime one and prime two especially um and yeah i i guess the i by like i played metal gear solid at around 2008 2007 like right when right before four was coming out i played all the metal gear games uh-huh. and it just like i don't know it all made sense to me you know? <laughs> <laughs> like I'm, I'm honestly like i played those games and i because I I'd heard about four, I watched the trailer for four. I'm like, I gotta see what the fuck this is all about. <laughs> and I game flied Twin Snakes, Metal Gear Solid Two, and the Metal Gear Solid Three. I played them all leading into the summer where four would come <laughs> they out. Were too similar, then, dude. Yeah, I'll know. get into it later. Uh, but and, yeah. Uh, and then Brady, my brother, knowing that I had been game playing and playing those games, came home the night that four came out, and like I remember pressing the the box against the window. Showing that he got it, I was like, "What?" He's like, "Yeah, I got it." I like, I thought he just bought it for himself. He's like, "No, I no, I got it for you. Go play it. You can like that. This is a gift. I just saw you playing it. It was like a nice thing that he did for me. It was like super sweet." Uh-huh. Um, and I, because I was like, oh, "I guess I'll wait for four to be available on GameFly, and this will suck." Um, and I played it that night and like blew my fucking mind. But <laughs> much like all video games, as you can tell, very love love loving things person. Uh, but yeah, that. Everything about, like, that shift, weirdly, like, playing Metal Gear, just kind of, like, video games are crazy and, and they're changing, and it all made sense to me. Like, I, I never questioned it, and I, I've, for no particular reason, I associate Metal Gear with that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that makes any sense well, at all. I get you, man. <laughs> um, um, indie games, like, indie games are so important to you nowadays like or mostly for everybody because like they're pretty much like they're pretty much just games now for the most part but like yeah. um uh around this era small small development games yeah. that's what we start calling them or whatever yeah. <laughs> but um around this time is where like the indie um showcase like really like took off like where did you like um like what was the game that really like shifted your mind it's like oh like i actually like when things are more focused and more and not like more large scale and like trying to take up all your all your time or stuff like that. I don't know. So it's it's convenient like that's like right at um uh, podcast era, right? It's two thousand ten. It's when Limbo comes out. Like Limbo's that game. Totally. Mm-hmm. Um I didn't play Braid. I didn't like I missed all those. Uh I didn't play Geometry Wars or whatever. Uh I played Limbo and it's like, oh <laughs> you know, like th- that summer of arcade. I played like Limbo and one of the other games. I don't remember. Might have been Shadow Complex, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely had played Shadow Complex, but I, I, I don't know. I guess I never thought of that as an indie game. I guess it technically is. Um, maybe not. I don't know. That was like that was Epic that made that. Yeah. So that's a lot of money. <laughs> um, so yeah, Limbo was was that game, and that's like you know I, I reviewed that for RationalPatch.com. Like I don't know if that review's still accessible. Hopefully it is. Um, and all of like where I am with irrational passions is like, that is that journey of me falling in love with indie game development of like, especially like in 2012 going to, to PAX East and like meeting indie developers and like, 
being like, yo, this is rad. Like, thank you. <laughs> like, thank you for doing this, for making these things. Uh, like, even up until last uh, uh, last September, like a year ago, when I met Derek Yu for the first time. Like, it's still, like, a big deal to me. And it is, like, a big part of who I am. Uh-huh. Uh, so, yeah, I, th- I think that's... That's some well-documented territory. I don't know if we're in the the up and comings. I don't know how much you want to get into it though. I mean, we, this, we're talking about whatever, man. So <laughs> it's true. Yeah, we're just rolling. Um. Uh. Well, well, since we're still in this era, like, um, like just I just mean talk about the last of us a little bit, man. Like, um, yeah, obviously, like the biggest impact game for you of that generation, and like, uh. <sighs> Like, like, there's so much you could just say about it, um, especially for you. Yeah. I think, like, for me, I think, like, for me, like, knowing you as long as I have, it's like, the, the Last of Us is when, like, that's the one, that's the thing that really, like, not really changed you as a person, but, like, it, it, the one that matured you I, the most, I yeah. think, as a person. Like, as far as, like, from when I first met you until, like, pretty much post after that, it's like, um, just our conversations around that and, like, um, your enthusiasm for that. Um, mm-hmm. Like, more than anything it, at the time. <laughs> It's it's funny too because like you know, my my whole shtick is like empathy is like my you know in my Twitter bio I'm the self titled empathetic gamer. Um, that is like it's my new brand by the way, Navish and I. We haven't really talked about it, but I'm I'm working. All right. On it. <laughs> um, <laughs> just address the elephant there real quick. So like, but like that's how I think of myself, right? I like I empathy is always first, and I think Last of Us is like weirdly a lesson in lack of empathy, mm. and I think it's, but it's it, it is done well, it's done right. Like that 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 story is so honest. I think it is so true to what it is, um, and and so fundamentally accurate to what it's trying to say that it 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 imparted something in me, and I, I think it like it, it shook me to my core because of that, um. Yeah, I think, like, looking at my, like, the review that I wrote for that game, I think everything I've written after I play that game is different and better. Like, I think it really did have a deep impact on me, like, in how I think and how I talk about games and how I want to talk about games and, like, how I want to be better. Um, I think, like, and it it is weird because, like, I think you could say that that is, like, a little bit of an art house game. Like, it is, like, Red Dead 2-esque of, like, that era mm. of like we're trying to tell like a powerful story in a subject matter that like pop culture has essentially overtaken right the zombie apocalypse um and we're still we're gonna try and tread new ground there um and it's it's a little artsy and it's definitely like very dramatic and very like there are reasons why people don't like it, and i get it i totally do get it I think there was like an article somebody wrote relatively recently of like why I don't like the art or the AAA video game or something like that. Mm. Um, and I, I think there's there there are valid things to be there with, but I think like I would say the same about like movies that often get like put in that you know like the Oscar movies, sure. right? The the like the the Twelve Years a Slave, the the like hey we're gonna we're gonna chart new territory in this thing, the the Citizen Kane's the 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 schindler's list like these these very dramatic movies um and i think when mixed with like exactly the right time period those things can be really like it's 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 chemistry it's like they can be really evolutionary to who you are and and define a lot of parts about you and i think i'm not alone in the last of us defining uh everything about or not everything but a lot about my 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 criticism of games and my 
my my focal point of, with games. Uh, and I think that's a that's like a good one, in my, in my humble opinion. Like like that's a good one to have. Uh, uh, I'm really lucky that game came out when it did. Like hearing you say talk about it like the way you just did is just like um, it makes me think like, or it makes me think of something like like I don't think in my mind at least this, this is just how I'm thinking. But like you know everybody wants to make the best thing of of whatever they're making, but, like, I don't think Citizen Kane was trying to be the Citizen Kane when it was trying to, when yeah. it came out. Like, I don't think The Last of Us was trying to be The Last of Us when it came out. I think it was just trying to be a good game, just trying to tell the story. And, like, I think the issue for, like, um... For, like, like with you and me, with God, with God of War in some ways, and, like, um, even, like, with you for Wolfenstein, it's, like, when, mm. um... When games are tr- are trying to catch that, like it, it was like our whole Oscar beat discussion, like a few years ago or a year ago, whatever. It just like it just feels that way. It just even even if yeah. it's not intentionally that way, like it just it comes off that way in a way. And that's just like a personal opinion it's, thing, but like you know, it's just it's the way it is. And and everyone everyone's gonna see that hook differently. Is the thing like if if you're laying you you are laying that Oscar bait hook out right like. I think some people will see it in The Last of Us and some people won't. Like, I don't necessarily see it in that game. Uh-huh. And it sounds like you don't either. But a lot of people probably uh-huh. do. And I get it. And I get where they're coming from. Um, and maybe it's just, like, this kind of... Like, if you told me the people that made Crash Bandicoot would make that game, I would have been like, no, they won't. <laughs> <laughs> and to be fair, fundamentally different team. You know, like, a lot of people have come and gone. But people who made that that game are working on The Last of Us and... Uh, they're part of that family, and so uh, yeah, I, I I would more eagerly believe that they weren't necessarily going for that thing, uh, and they just got it. They just caught lightning in a bottle. That's what makes the idea of The Last of Us Part Two so goddamn terrifying, <laughs> you know? Uh, of like you you did nail it, and I don't know if you can nail that twice, especially with what they've shown in that game for sure. So. Um, yeah, I I'm with you though. Um, any takeaways from um, this generation? Um, um, like thematically, feeling wise. I mean, just you know, like PS4, Xbox One, <laughs> Switch. <laughs> How are we feeling? Even we even want to talk about that for like the half a minute. I feel. I mean, I feel. I feel great about. It. I don't feel good about Wii. <laughs> um, nobody does. Uh, two more games, Nabishin, and then we can we can forget it. Wonderful 101, Super Mario 3D World. That's all we got to get off of there. Man. And then we could just throw it out the window. Man. Like, Virtual Console is dead to me. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, man. That's such a tragedy. Um, did I tell you the, this theory? I want them to announce Super Mario 3D World 2, right? All new game, because Nintendo doesn't like to do ports unless they can do, like, a lot with mm-hmm. it. And then as a bundle, a pack-in with it, you get Super Mario Or maybe 3D when you beat the game, like, you'll just unlock those worlds. In the oh, game. yeah. You just unlock all the, like, just a whole new map, and it's just the first mm-hmm. game. That'd be great. Yeah, I think they would honor. That's uh, Nintendo is not above doing that. Um, but yeah, I'm pulling for one hundred one for you. Uh, but um, yeah, I I feel really good about Switch Xbox. Like I feel like culturally, video games like as a business has been most impacted by this generation, not uh, the actual games themselves. Like honestly, the games themselves feel, with, with some exceptions, feel very similar to to what we've been playing for like ten years. Sure. Um, like there, there have not been a lot of brothers moments in this generation. You know what I mean? Yes, I know what you mean. Uh, but <laughs> 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 I didn't even think of that. But yeah, you're totally right. <laughs> I I just meant like you know 
challenging new ways for games to control, like for you to input with them. Um, and like, honestly, like the stuff that Man of Medan's doing with online co-op is like one of the most exciting things of this generation. <laughs> like, mm. I'm going to be real, real with you, because this gen has been great for those kinds of games from Until Dawn to Detroit to that. Yeah. Uh, and now it's like, whoa, this is like a totally new way to experience this, this thing that is, and has kind of grown familiar, um, versus like Gears of War where I'm still shooting things. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm just doing guns again (laughs) and I'm okay with guns. Um, but like, you know, that, that part of it, that part of the equation hasn't changed. It, um, even true of like Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. Like, like it's, it's interesting that you say that because like, um, like instantly when you talked about like um controls like pretty much being the same for the last ten years, like I think about like something like The Last Guardian and like that's kinda of the reason why I liked that game so much was because it was so different. Mm. Like problems yeah. and all, but like, you know, like th- that game stuck with me because of that reason. Um it was asking yeah. me to do some somewhat the same, um, similar stuff, but like in a different kind of way and like controlling this AI with me the entire time and like it was it was very much challenging me. And it's like, like, and like, like the main thing I would like, um, I main critique about it for like, um, for other people who are like complaining about it, like, um, I, 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 cause I, I understood where you're coming from, cause like, it, it asks a lot from the player, but like, like, it, it's just one of those things, like, if you could stomach it, like, I feel like, and that's a weird way of saying it, but like, if you stomach what the game is like telling you to, um, how to play their game, like, I think you get something really special out of it. But that's just my yeah. way I see it, though. It's tough. That's like another like fine balance. That you gotta, you really gotta figure out on your own. It's gonna be different for every game because I feel like most players get kind of pissed off if you know X isn't reload and L isn't pull aim down sights and R two isn't triangles jump and not trigger or something like that. Yeah, right. Like it, it is such a disorienting thing, but I think that speaks to the the kind of homogeneity of control schemes throughout video games. Like, right? remember, like, this is, remember when Kills 2 came out and, like, that control scheme was, like, so different and no one could so no weird. one could take it. No one could take it just because it was so different. And then they eventually patched yeah. in, like, the, the Call of Duty controls for that. Just, um, have people get used yeah. to it. So, you know. It's, it's one of those things, and I don't want to, like, harp on it. It's one of those things that just doesn't get talked about it. I don't know if it's a problem, per se. I don't think it's a problem, but, like, it's something that, like, I think people need to be more aware of and, like, yeah. When someone wants to do something different, let them do something different. Yeah, I think uh, it it is it is challenging to to innovate in that space. Um, and I commend the people that try. Even like I wasn't in love with the Last Guardian, but I appreciated what they were trying to mm-hmm. do. You know, uh, and and I appreciated the the different control scheme. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm thinking, Nabushin, that maybe we should do this as a two parter. <laughs> Oh yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't planning on doing this all in one shot. <laughs> okay, I I didn't know where you were at, um, but I did not mean to talk for like an hour. I mean, it's you, man. Like this is like, yeah, this is it's true. I, I'm sure you came with the right expectation. I try to be good, but I I very rarely succeed. Um, uh, I, anything else? No, I'm like I think it's a good stopping point for here. Sure. Um. Trying to think any big points that I forgot to bring up. Uh fundamental Ape Escape is great. I feel like I didn't talk about Ape Escape enough. Love Ape Escape. That's a game that switches up the controls in a really weird way. <laughs> That's maybe not for the better, but I enjoy. Uh where like all your gadgets are the right analog stick. Uh-huh. Did did you ever play Ape Escape? I've never played Ape Escape. Oh my god. I think you would love Ape Escape because they're like quirky and they're 
they are a lot of the reasons that you like video games. Uh. Um, and and there's just like little Easter eggs, little funness to them. Um, Ape Escape Two, I think, is on PS4, like the PS2 classics that are on PS4. Just download it tonight, not machine. It'll break. It'll break your gaming rut. I promise. <laughs> um, but yeah, Ape Escape's great. Um, I played Jurassic Park with my mom on Super Nintendo. It was terrifying. There's a part where the the T Rex runs at you, and it's very scary because if it gets you, it eats you whole. And it's it's a very graphic animation. Uh, me and my mom would always get like start yelling. <laughs> there's like there's like these walkways where you have to run from left to right, and the T Rex will chase you. I mean, I'm like, ah, he's um, and uh, yeah, I think I think video games are in a great spot. I think hopefully we see more change in the next generation. Um, I'm thinking stuff like AI or multiplayer things that we can't imagine right now, uh, or or things like that might might be able to do the trick. And I think maybe new hardware could could get us there. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's it. I I hope that was interesting. Yeah, it was. Does it, do I make more sense to you as a person now? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, context is always a good good key because like um, there's something yeah. I didn't know about you, and then it's like um, yeah, this is like the whole thing about it is like you know, just knowing a little bit more about each other. Yeah, it's nice to talk about too. It's it's fun to be nostalgic. I'm excited to hear yours next time. Mm-hmm. Cool. Do you want to do you want to take us out or do you want me to take us uh, out? You probably got the more of the gist of it. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So I guess this is the end part one. Uh, next time we're going to sit down and talk about Nobishin's gaming history. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed this. If you did, go ahead and subscribe to Rational Passions Presents. I like. I, f- I feel like IP Presents was almost made for you, Nobishin. It feels like uh, it. It's it it is just a a great place where i'm sure you and i will continue to have many great conversations uh and if you like conversations like review discussions where we critically talk about games you can hear george cruz talk to some of the okay beastie boys about dangerous driving uh or that other game that they talked about telling lies i remembered it um uh it's also in this feed uh go ahead and subscribe and write us a review on itunes or spotify or google play wherever you listen to ip presents it is a catch all feed for all the folks at Irrational Passions podcast and all. Uh, and uh, we, we do a lot of cool stuff here. Hopefully you'll like it. Um, but uh, check out irrationalpassions.com. You can hear Namsh and I on Irrational Passions podcast uh, every Saturday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, youtube.com forward slash Irrational Passions. Uh, follow Namsh at Namsh186. He's a good boy on Twitter uh, and Instagram, and he is lovely, and you should follow him. Uh, and you can follow me at Alfighter27. Spells just like it sounds. It's everywhere. You can even find me on the video game consoles with that. Uh, thanks for listening. Um, thanks for, for hanging out, Option. This was so much yeah. fun. Always, brother. Um, we love you all. Uh, have a good one. Bye. Bye.